0: that there are three graves for Jonah in the world. There is one in Syria, one in Israel, and one in Nineveh. But being the objective person that I am, I believe the one in Nineveh is the correct one. I was asked specifically to tell you how I became an Adventist in Iraq. And I will uh, do that on Sabbath morning. Uh, 35 years ago, By divine providence, I ended up being at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Baghdad, Iraq. We only have one church in a country of 32 million people. And I was beaten almost to death. I was thrown out on the street and abandoned by my family. But seven years ago, I discovered I am alive today because of that experience. But uh, you have to come back on Sabbath morning and bring a friend with you. The theme will be that God makes all things to work for good for those who love Him. And I want you to feel that and understand it and live it, that God always working to make things work for good for you. A year ago in March, I was at my office at the seminary And I uh, saw this young man knocking on the door as hard as he could. So I went and opened the door, and uh, he came in. He was hysterical. He was crying and sobbing. He was totally out of control. He said, uh, my wife, about three weeks earlier was taking her shower and she was examining her breast and it didn't feel right. So she went to the doctor and he said to her, you only have at the most a month to live. And just hysterically crying, he said, I love my wife. She's a young lady. I don't want her to die We have two children, and I don't want them to grow up without their mom. Would you be in charge of an anointing service for her? So I uh, went home and I fasted for three days. And I gathered about 21 people to come to this anointing service. But the day before that, I sat in my office and I read that text about anointing, read it many times, and I discovered a few things in it I never have seen before. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, I just pray that you will speak through me, that you will anoint me, that you will give me the words to say that will be a source of hope and encouragement to everyone who is here. Lord, bless them. And and Lord, I pray at the end that what I will say will bring us closer to you and to be passionate About connecting with you. In Jesus name. Amen. Here is the text. About anointing. It says. Is any among you suffering? What should you do. If you are suffering? It says. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? What she or he should do? Sing. Is any. When among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Notice this is really the thing that struck me. It says, and the prayer of faith, what will the prayer of faith do? Will save the sick. Isn't that amazing? We take prayer very casually. And here it says the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. That's the second thing that will happen. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And that's the third thing. Confess your transgressors to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Um, I titled my message for tonight, The Muchness of God. I don't know if there is a word like that, but I coined it. It's based on this. It says, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Your prayer can save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. But it's true. So I decided to, from memory, without going to the internet, without um, uh, looking at a concordance, I wanted to know promises similar to this. I came up with more than a hundred. But for the sake of time, we will only just read a few of them. And because of his glory... And excellence. He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. The Lord has given us precious promises. The Lord bestows favor and honor. God's favor is on you. I mean, I love to have somebody give me their favor. But imagine the Lord giving us his favor. No good things does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. So I say to you, and I love this one. Nine times Jesus says the same thing. And he is doing that just in case you don't get it. He said, I say to you, ask will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. He's repeating again. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? few more. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs. Will supply all of your needs. Not even according to, to your needs, but from His glorious riches which have been given to you in Christ Jesus. I was uh, in India five years ago. The General Conference sent me to do some trainings for the pastors. And on a Sunday, they took me to the city on the Bay of Bengal. Beautiful place. And as soon as we got out of the bus, a bunch of kids came begging. And I looked at them, and I see this beautiful little girl, about 10 years old. And she's looking at me, and, and she's just uh, a kind of like, her eyes are saying, help me. So I really felt strong compassion, for this little girl. She reminded me of my own little girl. So I put my hand in my pocket. And I only had two things. $20. Which at that time was the equivalent of one month's salary. And I had one ruby. Which is the equivalent of half a cent. So I gave her the $20. And she refused it. She's looking at that little shiny coin, which is worth less than half a cent, and she wanted that. She refused the $20, but she wanted the half a cent. Imagine, the Lord wants to give you tremendous blessings, and we settle for little things. The word we read was the prayer of a righteous person, man or woman, will availeth much. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with with wings like eagles, They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We lived in Washington State, and we had a lot of eagles. We lived actually one mile from the Columbia River. And I used to walk, take my prayer walks over there. And we saw those eagles coming down. So I did some investigation. And I discovered they could live up to 50 years, sometimes 60 or 70 but even at the age of 50, they could dive at the speed of 147 miles an hour. So when you are 90 years old, or 100, that would be the equivalent for you, in eagle's age, you could still run a marathon and come number three. No, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Have you ever thought about it? If you have faith like mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. For God gave us the spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self control. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you believe these promises? 10. 11, you pray and you really believe that God is going to do it. Praise the Lord for that. That's exactly what we need to do. Just believe that God is going to do amazing things. Dwight Moody once said that if you partner with God, make your plans big. Not a small plans, but big. All right. The text again. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your transgressors to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Greek word for availeth is in the King James. Availeth much or accomplishes, as some version says, or empowers means strengthening someone in terms of health and personal strength. Also the word means to give power or to give supernatural power to get things accomplished. Here it is. These are the things that it does. Strengthening influence, health and strength, empowers us. Through prayer. Is there any way I could shut this one off? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you some stories. To illustrate. About how God works. In wonderful ways. When we pray. I was teaching a class at the seminary. And in that class. There was a Chinese Young lady. And one day she came to me and uh, she said, Dr. Kidder, I really like what you are sharing with us. Would you be willing to come over to my church and teach us the same thing? I said, Where is your church? I love to come. She said, My church is in Chendu. And I said, where is Chengdu? Is it in California? (laughs) She said, Chengdu is where the panda comes from. It's in China. Well, I said, how large is your church? She said, 18. And she was going to mention another word, but I interrupted her. I said, 18 people? She said, 18,000 people. She said, my mother planted this church, and this church grew to 18,000 people. I said, can we go tomorrow? (laughs) So we arranged to go during the summertime, and we went to this extremely beautiful place. And we went to an apartment built by the communist time. Very, very old, completely run down. China is almost two countries. The new China is the same as what we have here, and the old one is those apartment buildings that are 50, 60, 70 years old. Never have been renovated or remodeled. We went to this apartment, and it's not even 500 square feet. The bedroom, the living room, the kitchen is all in one place. And I met this woman who was 66 years old. She told me her story. She said she was a member of the Communist Party. And her husband divorced her. And the world collapsed from underneath her. And uh, she became very, very discouraged. She thought about committing suicide. But an evangelical woman who lived in the same complex, a Christian, a wonderful, dedicated woman, came and shared Jesus with this communist leader. And the whole world changed. That's really what happens when people accept Jesus started to have a new perspective on life. She never had been to the seminary. She never read a book on church growth. She never read a book on small group. But she felt the need to start a small group in her home. She invited her neighbors. But one thing she learned from reading the scripture was the value of prayer. So this... Lady started to wake up early in the morning every day and pray for all of her neighbors. She was interceding for every one of them by name. And she would go and invite them to her smaller group and many of them would come. One day, a retired Adventist pastor who was 91 years old showed up at this meeting. Mainly women were there. And he told them about the Sabbath, and some of them believed it. And she became a Sabbath keeper. They got to having 80 people in that little apartment. More people wanted to come, and she said, we can't have more. Why don't we meet in two apartments? So, now we have two groups of people, and a few months later the result of a group of people who will wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to pray. Four groups and eight groups. And today there is 18,000 people as a result of the prayer of this woman because Jesus has promised the prayer of a righteous woman will availeth much Imagine what would happen if you pray more. It's amazing. God will release His supernatural power in your life and many wonderful things will take place. A friend of mine shared this story with me. He said he went somewhere to preach. And eight big guys took him aside to Pray for him so the Lord will anoint him. And they asked him to kneel down. And they surrounded him. And they put their hands on his shoulder and on his head. And they prayed and prayed and prayed. And they got tired and they were pushing on him. And he said, that didn't feel very good. And he wanted the prayer to be over. He said... It went on and on, and then one of them it drifted away from praying for him to praying for Charles Stanosky. He said, Lord, I am praying for my friend Charles Stanosky. He lives down the road on Love Creek, the trailer on the right side. And my friend wanted to tell him, you don't need to give God directions. God knows everything. He knows where this guy lives. <laughs> he said Charles Tanasky is going to leave his wife tonight. He's going to leave with 3 kids. Please Lord change his heart. Well, finally the prayer was over. My friend preached that day and he left the following day in the morning. He got on the freeway and there was this guy who was hitchhiking. And he felt impressed to pick him up. He, uh, he picked him up and they drove for a few miles and they had some chit-chat. And finally my friend introduced himself. He said, my name is so-and-so. And the guy said, and my name is Charles Stanowski." <laughs> he said... I know what you did last night. You left your wife and your three kids. <laughs> he said, How did you know that? He said, The Lord told me that. <laughs> he got to the next exit and he turned around. And this guy started to feel uncomfortable. Where is this guy taking him to? He turned around and he took him back to his house. <laughs> on Love Creek to the silver trailer on the right he said how did you know where I lived he said the Lord told me he knocked on the door and his wife came out crying and she said you came back I knew you would come back she started to cry and she hugged him and she wouldn't let him go And my friend told both of them, we need to go inside. You need to sit down. And I don't want you to say a single word till I am done. And for the next hour, he led that couple to Jesus Christ. Because the prayer of that elder at that church availeth much. (laughs) My friend was upset about it. Because it diverted away. He was tired. But God knew what was going to happen the following day. Your prayers will be answered in a miraculous way. The last two stories I'm going to share with you are more on a personal level. One is very, very personal. And the other one is about a church I pastored. I have a wonderful, wonderful daughter. Her name is Stephanie. She is extremely beautiful. She takes after her dad. <laughs> very charming, very charismatic. When uh, she grew up, she used to preach after I am done preaching. And the kids will all rally in the front of the church. And she will give them an altar call. It was beautiful, you know, and they will come to the front. But as she grew up, uh, she kind of drifted away from God. And that was a source of pain and discouragement and really trying and difficult time for my wife and I. We talked to her, and the more we talked to her, the more she drifted away. And the more we talked to her, actually, the more we felt the relationship strain very, very strongly. But one day, we read a book called The Power of Praise and Thanksgiving. The whole book is based on Luke 11, the text we read. Ask, I give it to you. And uh, the author of this book said that most Christians don't really believe this promise. If we believe it, we would be thanking the Lord in advance for answering our prayers. He said most of the time we pray and never believe anything will happen. It's almost like it's good psychology for us, but not a lot of emphasis on the power and the love and the grace of God. But God does do things in a supernatural way when we pray. So we decided to change our approach to prayer completely. And we started to thank the Lord in advance for answering our prayers and bringing Stephanie back. We did this. We started to fast for her. And the first thing that happened was the changes that God brought to us. We became a lot more loving, more grace-filled, more fun to be with us, more understanding. And she started to feel it. And our relationship started to be strong again. uh, Because our judgmental attitude, our condemning attitude just disappeared. It was replaced with grace and love. We didn't see a lot of changes in her, but we saw a lot of changes in us. Uh, We kept praying. We never gave up. A couple years later, I got invited to go to Southwestern Adventist University uh, to speak to the faculty and the staff about the value of prayer. And at the end of the day, As my habit was, I took my telephone and uh, called my daughter to tell her I loved her. My telephone didn't work there at that spot where we were. So the president of the university gave me his telephone. He said, well, maybe mine will work. I called and it did work. She didn't answer her phone, but I left a message for her telling her, I loved her, and she's so special and so wonderful that I am her dad. She is just uh, the joy of our lives. Half an hour later, she called. Uh, She called me back, but my telephone didn't work. So she called the other phone. And her first word to him was, who is this? So the president ended up talking with her for more than one hour. And he convinced her to go to his university. <laughs> he, she never have heard about that university before. No plans to go there, but she ended up going over there. Uh, this happened on Saturday night when uh, uh, this conversation took place, and we had to buy her a ticket to arrive over there on Friday for registration. Well, for some reason, she didn't like it. And on Sunday morning, she called me back. And she said, Dad, buy me another ticket. i like to come back home. But she went to the cafeteria to eat. She sat by herself. And 10 minutes later, two boys showed up. <laughs> it's not what you are thinking. <laughs> Those two boys grew up with her. They were members from my previous church. And uh, they uh, saw each other, and they embraced each other. They grew up together. They went to Sabbath school together, to school together. It was a wonderful time to get reacquainted with each other. And they convinced her to stay there. And they led her to Jesus Christ. They, she started to call her mom every day to tell her about all of the things she is discovering in the scripture, all of the ministry she is doing. And in August, uh, in May, three years ago, I was out of the country. When I came back, I was listening to my messages, and there was a message of 10 minutes from Stephanie telling me how much she loved Jesus. And she said, Dad, this summer I'm going to be at Sunset Lake up by Seattle and Washington Conference. And I want you to come and baptize me there. So on August 7, that same year, in front of about 150 kids, I have the privilege of baptizing my daughter. She gave a wonderful testimony about how Jesus is so important for her. And she gave an appeal, like when she used to be little, and she gave that appeal. She appealed to 150 kids to give their hearts to Jesus. And as the sun was beautiful over the mountains, we both went into the water, and I had the privilege of baptizing her. Because the prayers of a righteous man, a righteous mother, and a father availeth much. Don't ever give up praying for your kids. How many of you have a Stephanie or Stephen in your life? Look at that. Look around you. Don't ever give up on that. Pray like your life depends on it. And watch and see what will happen. Claim the promise. You ask for it, I give it to you. That's what Jesus said. I'm not saying that. That's what He said. One Monday afternoon, the conference president, where I was pastoring, called me and he said, Pastor Joe, I'd like to take you out to dinner. I said, since you are paying, we will do it. <laughs> so two or three days later, we went out to dinner. He said um, we're extremely tight on finances, very critical. So we need to eliminate couple positions. And the uh, church, the district next to you, the pastor is leaving. So rather than having to lay off any pastor, we thought about giving one of his churches to you and another church to somebody else. So in this case, we don't have to lay off anybody. I said, that's no problem. We would love to have another church. We already had three at that time. We started with one, we planted another one, and then another satellite, small churches, was added to us. I said, well, tell me about this church. He said, a group of German immigrants came to this valley many years ago, and they built the most wonderful church building you could ever think about. It's the nicest one. And they grew to more than 140, 50 people. They built an auditorium, a community service, a school. They were very active. And I noticed as I was listening to him, everything he said was in the past. I said, what about today? He said, I have to be honest and tell you that this church have dwindled down to 13 people. Many conflicts. And things are not working very well, and they are down to 13. Well, I said, that's fine. Are they willing to do evangelism? He said, the last time they did any form of evangelism was 26 years ago. I said, have they had any baptism? He said, the last baptism they have had at that church was 20 years ago. I said, I don't want this church. He said, it is yours. It's our gift to you. <laughs> I, there's nothing I could do about it. So I took my family, my wife and my two kids, and we went to this church, the first Sabbath. There were no 13 people. Never saw 13 people. they were only nine people. But always referred to themselves as the 13 people. The only explanation I have, that they were people of faith. Because if you add my wife, myself, and my two kids, that would make it 13. (laughs) So they were counting in advance. Well, a few weeks being the pastor of this little church, I went one day to the board, and I said, I have a dynamite idea. Why don't we have a bulletin? And the head elder stood up. He was always in the habit of standing up when he spoke. So he stood up and he said, That is a ridiculous idea. He said, There are only 13 of us. We don't need a bulletin. We already know everything. I was shot down. I left. A few weeks later, I went back with another dynamite idea. I was full of it. So I said, why don't we have potluck with each other? I said, I, I noticed we have, I have been here as a pastor for a couple of three months. We never ate together. It would be nice to eat together so we could get to know each other. He stood up again. He said, that is the worst idea I ever have heard in my life. I said, why? He said, Pastor, we hate each other. (laughs) If we eat with each other, we will kill each other. (laughs) I left very discouraged. A few weeks later, I came up with another idea. I came back. And I I said, um, why don't we have Sabbath school for the children? He stood up. He said, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And then he added the next statement. He said, as long as you will be in it. He viewed it as a training ground for me. But, uh, you know, I was the youngest person in that church. The individual who was next to me was a woman who was 81 years old. And I was in my early 40s, so this lady was 40 years over my, uh, my age. That night I left, I was so discouraged, because I didn't, uh, I, I didn't go anywhere. It seemed like whatever I come up with, even simple things are being shot down. So I called a friend of mine, and I cried on his shoulders, and I said, what do I do? He said, I have the answer for you. He said, pray the prayers of John Knox. I said, I don't know the prayers of John Knox. Does anybody here know the prayers of John Knox? Nobody here does. He said, tell me. He said, he prayed that God will give him Scotland or he will die. I said, I'm not praying this prayer. It's not worth it for me. I don't want to die. I'm not at that stage yet. He said, you pray and don't worry about dying. God will take care of you. So I started to pray. This church was in the valley and there were hills all around it. So I started to take prayer walks over these hills and claim the people in that valley. And I started to preach to those nine people about the value of prayer. This lady, 81 years old, caught the vision for a prayer. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know even who to pray for. But she had a neighbor, a young lady who was 25 years old, who broke every one of the Ten Commandments a million times every day. She slept with a different guy every night. She was alcoholic. Uh, she was on drugs. She lived a terribly messed up life. But this elderly woman Im- was impressed by God to pray for this young lady. One day, I went back again to the board. And I said, i like to do an evangelistic meeting over here. The head elder stood up. He said, we tried that 26 years ago, and it didn't work. I said, how do you remember all of these things? And then I said to him, look, I will make a deal with you. You allow me to do it one more time. And if it doesn't work, I will never ask you to do anything after that. He said, will you be willing to put it in writing? (laughs) So I have to sign a document that if this evangelistic meeting is not going to work, I will never ask this church anything after that. Now I want to tell you the intensity of my prayer life went on high gear now. (laughs) Because this is it. If nothing happens, we are done. I prayed and fasted like crazy. Well, the evangelistic meeting was going to start on a Friday night. On a Tuesday of that same week, this young lady went hunting with her mother. She drank, she became disoriented, and she shot her mother accidentally, mistaking her for a deer. The mother survived. She was shot in the arm. But the experience shook this young lady up. For comfort, she went to the home of this Seventh-day Adventist lady. And she stayed with her for several days. And this elderly woman did a marvelous job ministering to this messed up girl. And on a Friday night, she brought her to my meeting. We sent advertisement to every home in that valley. Four thousand people lived in that valley. We put it on that local radio station, put it on a billboard, inviting people to come to this meeting. So I came to preach. Friday night, I stood over here and looked down. And my heart sank inside of me. I see nine people. My faithful nine. Plus this woman. That's it. That's all who came that night. It was very discouraging. But right there, I felt the Lord was speaking to my heart. He said, drop whatever you are going to do and look at that woman and preach to her. For 45 minutes, I looked straight in the eyes of that woman and I told her about the love of God. I went from story to story in the Bible, telling her how much God loved her. And then I gave an altar call. And the elderly woman brought this young lady to the front. And I prayed and everybody left except the three of us. And I sat with this young woman till two o'clock in the morning telling her about the gospel and how much God valued her life With the value of the life of his son. And he sent Jesus to die on the cross for her. And it was about two o'clock in the morning. It just, the love of God penetrated into her heart. And she started to cry. This lady who never had been to church before, who lived many nights on the street, She said to me, I don't have to sleep with a different guy to feel loved. Jesus loves me. And she started to cry, and I cried with her, and the elderly woman started to cry. She said, I don't have to be on drugs to feel better about myself. Jesus loves me. And I looked at her and said, would you like to give your heart to Jesus? And she said, yes. I said, pray after me. Just repeat after me. And I prayed and I asked her to invite Jesus into her heart. And I prayed a prayer of blessing on her. 2.30 in the morning, we 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 left. I was dead tired. I had a church in the morning, another one in the afternoon. And then I came in the evening to preach my second evangelistic meeting. And I stood over here and I looked at the crowd. My faithful nines were there. On a Friday night, there were nine plus one. On Saturday night, there were nine plus 50. 50 people never have seen came to the evangelistic meeting. This young lady, when she found Jesus, she spent the whole day Sabbath inviting all of her family and friends to come to my meeting. And at the end of that evangelistic meeting, she and 10 more of her family got baptized. It doubled the church overnight. And the Lord took two very unlikely women. One, 81 years old, grew up in the church all her life, never rebelled. She went to elementary school, academy, college. She had a wonderful, godly man. She raised wonderful kids with a woman who lived on the streets. Who did every kind of drugs, alcoholic, and put them together. And through the ministry of this couple, brought a tremendous revival to that dying church. Through their prayer, people start coming to the church. The first Sabbath I was there, there were nine people plus my family. The last Sabbath I was there, we had that church for four and a half years and then we gave it away to somebody else. The last Sabbath I was there, there were 149 plus my family. (laughs) Because the prayers of two righteous women... Availeth much. Oh, by the way, if you are wondering about what happened to my head elders, (laughs) he came to me at the end of that meeting and he said, Can we do this again next year? (laughs) So God even changed his heart. (laughs) What happened to the woman I mentioned at the beginning of my message? The young man, his wife was dying from cancer. We met on Thursday afternoon in a room at the seminary. She sat in the middle. Twenty-one people were around her. And we all took the Bible, and we read promises on her behalf. And we all prayed, And at the end, I anointed her. And the prayers of 21 righteous people avails much. She's doing great today. I want to tell you, don't ever give up on a prayer. Great things will take place when you pray. It will only be fitting that we end our time tonight in praying with each other. So get together in groups of three or four people and pray for each other. I like to pray for three specific things. The first one is about your spirituality. The second one about your children. Third one is about your church. Maybe some of you are attending a church like the one I described. You might be the one who will bring revival to that church. Who knows? Maybe through your prayers, something supernatural will take place. And then pray for anything that is on your heart. Maybe there's sickness, marital problems, whatever it is. Let's get together in groups of three or four people and let's pray with each other.